Classical Christian education is a powerful antidote to the all-persuasive and alluring secular culture that daily pulls and shapes what our children love. The effectiveness of our schools is not only the content of our great books curriculum and the training of the mind with skills of logic and rhetoric, but it's also our ability to form habits, loves, and what our children value and pursue. We have to recognize that much of the formation happens not only in the classrooms, but also in the hallways. Our guest today is an expert in developing an effective house program that is one of the most profound culture-shaping forces in our schools, impacting classrooms, hallways, and even homes. Stay tuned for this episode of Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it Ancient Future Education for Raising the Next Generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. Well, welcome to Basecamp Live. So good as always to have you joining us on this episode. So encouraged to have a follow-up conversation here with Jordan Tucker. Those of you who've been longtime Basecamp listeners know that uh, Jordan was around on the interview early on, probably three and a half, four years ago. Uh, he, at that point, had just recently taken over the job of running house at the Ambrose School in Boise, Idaho. He was a young seventh grade teacher when I first met him, and I was an upper school dean. And watching what he has learned over the many years about how to use house as a profound culture-shaping tool at our schools, it spills over into our homes. Uh, you're going to really enjoy this episode. But first, I want to say, as always, love to hear from you. Uh, info at BasecampLive.com. Maybe you have a question for Jordan or a question about some of his resources. Some of those things are in the show notes as far as getting in touch with him. But love to hear from you, where you're listening from as well as what is on your mind. And then I want to say thanks as well to our great sponsors and friends, Classical Academic Press, CLT, the Classic Learning Test, and the Focus Group. Well, look forward to having you join us now for this conversation with Mr. Jordan Tucker. Well, welcome to Basecamp Live. I'm here live with my good friend Jordan Tucker. How are you, Jordan? I'm doing great. It's great to see you, Davies. It's great to have you back. I've tried to, it's been a, quite a number of years. Uh, you were on to talk about the house program. So you've gotten older and wiser. We're going to talk about house version 2.0 now and some things you've learned. But for folks who don't know you, Jordan, I, I know I had the privilege way back at the Ambrose School. I was wearing my upper school dean hat at the time, and you were a starry-eyed, brand-new uh, seventh-grade teacher coming in, and, and uh, a lot's happened since then. Kind of catch people up on what you've, where you've been and what you've been up to. It has. Well, um, man, I, uh, as, as you noted, I, was, uh, I started off here at Ambrose back in 2013, um, got to work with you, and it was a pleasure. Um, started off as a seventh-grade teacher and was involved in our house program back then. Uh, took the journey, developed the system, continued teaching, taught Summa Theologica and Comparative Civilizations um, as well. And uh, around two years ago, though, I actually ended up leaving uh, the Ambrose School, uh, moving back to Washington to be closer to family, and uh, was given an opportunity to join a fairly large tech company called Microsoft. So I was there for, for two years. You and Bill were hanging out. Yeah. Did, <laughs> not, you, ever, did you ever meet not, Bill? Not quite. No, I have. I didn't. Okay. I didn't have that honor. But okay. But you're working. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Um, was there. Uh, learned a lot, but uh, it was being in that context that 
revealed um, the call that had always been there, yeah. um, which is to be in this movement and particularly to be educating and raising the children of believers to be culture shapers yeah. for God and for his kingdom. Yeah, I mean, And so I decided to come back and I've been given... <laughs> Or I was given the privilege of coming back, and and here we are now, which yeah. I'm excited to talk about. Well, for years and years, I mean, when people mention the house program, we're gonna, again, we're going to explain what that is. Some people still think we're talking about a, a house, like you know, the <laughs> chimney. Um, but uh, but yeah, you've been really kind of my go-to source. Not only did you ba- base camp, I mean, you're you've got you've done, and you were continuing to be a consultant out there. You've gone mm-hmm. to schools and talked about house programs. I know many better house programs around the country are in existence because they either came here and saw what you were doing or you went there and guided them. So, I mean, I don't know if what the title of, of kind of subject matter expert, but you're the best guy I know to talk about house. So oh, it's good. Well, to- <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and it's been, it's not all theory. You've, you've lived it out. You've seen the good, bad, and the ugly. Oh, it, yes. So. Uh, tried things. Yep. Seen them. Yeah. S- succeed or fail. Sure. And seen many different things across the the landscape to, to draw, to draw from. Um, So, so let's talk, I mean, again, houses, there are houses with chimneys. That's not what we're talking about. Um, House is, I've often said on this podcast, it is the most formative uh, initiative that you can put at your school to shape culture. I mean, we do, you know, form affections, all those things that are in the mm-hmm. goals of the grad, they're awesome. They need to happen in the classrooms, a place, but it's not the only place. So what is house other than a place in the chimney? Yeah. Thank you. I, I completely agree with, um, the, the phrase that you used or the quote there that, that house, if done properly, uh, can be the mechanism for cultural change or the way that you shape culture at a school, uh, particularly because it's not in the classroom. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me unpack that a little bit. Um, the educational model that we work in um, is a paideia model, right? That students are being formed not primarily as thinking things, but as human beings made in the image of God to fulfill their purpose. Um, I think that we look at the early chapters of Genesis to understand that God created humankind to be his image bearers and his kings and queens to exercise stewardship over the world. And so when we're looking at a paideia model that says, uh, we're, we're, we're shaping a, a person, their affections, their thoughts, their behaviors. Um, the reason why house is important is because it provides them a space to learn how to do that. So right. in other words, house is where students get to apply the things they're learning in the classroom and learn how to walk in taking responsibility for yeah. their primary vocation. Yeah. So and, and that's, that's the big piece, yeah. And that and that that's a million dollar classical Christian word paideia, but it's obviously you know the, the really out of Ephesians this idea of raising them up yeah. in the in a way that's forming all of their being. It's not just their heads, and I think that's where our classical Christian school is a movement. I think we've recognized it's not just trivium, it's not just great books. It's really we're in a battle for their loves and affections. And right. That's what you guys are doing. So walk us through just like okay, so if I land at a school that's doing a house program, what am I seeing? What does that look like? <laughs> um, usually you'll see a lot of colors. You'll see <laughs> banners, you'll see flags, you'll see uh, shirts that have uh, strange names, like you'd see Voss or Edwards or um, Whitfield shirts um, if, you were to, if you were to come to Ambrose. And, and really what you'd see is you'd see a, 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 a larger school community that's broken up into smaller communities of students, usually across the 7th through 12th grade spectrum, where you go, okay, I have 300 kids, but we're going to break that into 
eight houses right. or communities of right. students. Um, and then we're going to participate in life together in the form of competition, in the form of um, exercising stewardship over the school. And usually there's a leadership program built into it. Um, uh, that's kind of probably what yeah. you'd see. Yeah. I know at Ambrose, I mean, so it's seventh through 12th grade. So there's a lot of anticipation on the part of grammar school kids that mm-hmm. get to be in house. And we went further this year where we actually um, uh, built into house this idea of cultivating yeah. Yeah. Cu- cultivating a, a generational perspective in students where um, they're not just thinking about themselves, but now our houses are actually assigned with grammar school grades. Oh, so yeah. they're, okay. they're, they're thinking about how they're living and calling the next generation to, yeah. to where they currently are. Yeah. So it's a so, so, so for again, here it's it's now it's, K through twelve. That's that's beautiful. You mm-hmm. see, you're you're in version three point mm-hmm. At any rate, so so if I'm a seventh grader, I you know school year starts out. There's a retreat. You go away on the retreat. There's this anticipation. You don't know what house you're going to be in unless your older siblings in it and you kind of figure it out. But the point is, there's and there's people often ask, is there a talking hat? How do you determine who's in each house program? I mean, there's a that's lot a, of mechanics to this thing. But yes, that's a great question. So um, this year uh, we went with a slightly different approach to that than I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a priority that we've had um, this year at Ambrose, because we're getting larger, um, is that we do want to create meaningful sub-communities and cultures here. So the houses are, are the way that we do that. And um, by doing that, we've been very intentional about creating um, what it means to be an Edwards warrior or a Whitfield Spartan. And so now it's when, when students in sixth grade are coming into seventh grade and inducted into a house – there is a, a plan to form them into the ethos mm. or the culture of that house. And mm-hmm. so this year we've, we've casted by lots and said, let's try to mentor people into the spirit of the house. Wow. So, so it, really, it really is, you're, you're leveraging pre and teenage peer pressure in a very positive way. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. To be intentional and, and, yeah. and try to, really it's this idea of learning how to be culture builders right in their houses yeah um, and yeah. and I think it corresponds with what they will do as um, adults either in their yeah. in their careers or at home with their families or in their churches yeah. so and so just again I'm trying to stay on the you know house 101 somebody doesn't know what the, we're gonna mm. by the way we'll get into some of the but what about and how come and we tried it and this didn't work I mean there's lots of uh, best practices that you have you've worked through that we'll share. But again, just at a, at a very basic level, if if I'm a parent and my seventh graders in this thing and they come home, they're like, I got put in such and such a house, and I got a shirt. I mean, what is what else is happening to my child in this experience on a week by week basis? What does it look like? Week by week basis, yeah. yes. Um, they are on on Monday participating in a sport with their house against the other houses. If it's football or soccer or uh, ultimate frisbee. They are uh, meeting with their mentors um, who have been assigned um, from in their house to bring them into the community and help them transition at that point. They are um, uh, going through uh, a process, which which is an apprenticeship process to become a member of the house where they're being walked through that. And they have a series of objectives that they're going through to become a kind of a full member in the house and know what it means they're uh, being welcomed by students across the entire spectrum of 7th through 12th grade. For, they'll have a senior come into their 7th grade class or a junior or a sophomore and invite them up. 
Um, so, so mechanically for the, for the administrator types that are listening going, okay, where, where does this fit in between which school? So what does it look like? Cause you've had to protect time in this, mm-hmm. in a very demanding schedule at a classical Christian school to ensure this is happening. What is it? Where does it fit in? Good. So we have house roughly three days a week for okay. one hour wow. on those three days. Yeah. And so for us, it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay. So you've got, you've mentioned before some portion of maybe that Monday is where you're doing the, the competitions. And I know there's a scoreboard upstairs, so you get points. So the whole year is just a giant race to get the, the cup, right? Is it that it is. Yeah. It's a giant competition between our, for us, our eight houses to win the house cup. Okay. Um, which includes the sports competitions, uh, which also includes uh, what we call is unity, which is any service project or community service project that's aimed at um, our community specifically. So that would be a house uh, taking inventory of our assets when they're helping our bookkeeper or their um, uh, setting or they, their house is, is, is planning and executing our winter dance and they would receive points for doing that. Um, they right. also participate in external community projects where they go out into the community and partner right. with various missions or organizations f- yeah. um, uh, to, to do work in the local community. Homeless shelter, whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, homeless shelter. Right. Uh, for us, it's Boise Rescue Mission, Ronald right. McDonald House. Yeah, yeah. We have a pretty longstanding partnership with the local VA, and we help veterans yeah. in their homes and stuff like that. So, so. back, I know back in the day when I was here with under Unity, and again, this is what I love about this is we, we're going to, what worked, what didn't work, but mm-hmm. with Unity, we were trying to, it is more internal facing. Mm-hmm. So it was used to be like locker checks, like because again the lockers are banked in yeah. the building by houses. Some folks should know that. So is that is that still a so part of that? So it's yeah. by houses, and um, the mentors are actually paired with their mentees now. Okay. So their locker is sitting over atop their so you their twelfth grader right by the seventh grader. right by the seventh grader right next to each other, and they're formally going through that process. Okay. And by that process, it means if I'm the seventh grader and my locker still has my lunch in it from three weeks ago or three months ago, is that older mentor kind of monitoring even the cleanliness of my locker? Is that part of Unity? That's a good, it is. Um, okay. And Unity has expanded quite a bit, so I want to talk yeah, yeah, a talk, little talk bit about, about something that's... called Zania as well, which we'll, we'll get into. Um, okay. But that, the mentorship piece specifically looks, looks like this. Um, uh, students are inducted into a house. Um, they're given a mentor, and that mentor is walking them through the apprenticeship phase that we're talking about, which is the first semester of the year for that seventh grader or new student. And they're actually walking them through what we call is our, our the Ambrose School Cultural Catechism, um, which teaches them what it means to be made in the image of God, um, what God has designed them for, and how we're capturing that in-house with its different features. So they're actually going through that piece. And then each house actually has a unique set of objectives that, which I can't reveal what they are, that (laughs) each inductee walks through to become a member of that house to fully really be a part of their ethos, which an ethos for us is the virtuous profile of that house. Mm -hmm. So Voss, for instance, is unto death. It's this idea of sacrificial love and commitment to each other. And they embody that in a unique way. And they have their inductees go through mm. some fun things to, to get that, to understand yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's enculturation so. at, you know, and again, as we mentioned before, I mean, there's, we tend to think as educators more around the, it's, there's a culture of the classroom, but it's the culture of the hallway in most schools that, that undermines mm-hmm. anything that's happening in the classroom. And again, any school you go visit, that hallway culture, if you will, is really what defines what our children love. So you're, you're 
owning the hallways as well as the classrooms to these processes. We are, and yeah. we're intentionally saying leadership at Ambrose is to take responsibility for those spaces. Yeah, right. So when we're calling, so a part of this system is also we we appoint leaders from the student body to different offices in each house yeah. or leadership positions. And a part of that now is to say, Yes, I get this thing. I understand why it's important. I'm going to commit to taking responsibility for the culture of the school and own those spaces. So we're going to take a break in a minute. Before we do, just again, by way of just kind of clarity of the structure. So you've got eight houses. You've got, are there four, still four leadership positions per house? There are four leadership positions And what are those four? The president, um, who is ultimately responsible for the vision and mission of house and and also for directing the house and Right. In those directions, we have a tournament manager, so oversees all competitions from sports to wow. dance proposal competitions to anything to Christmas door decoration competitions. That's their space. We have a unity manager who oversees all of our internal service projects that are yeah. aimed at our community. They also oversee the Zania space that we'll talk about. Yep. And then we have an outreach manager, which is okay. responsible for all of our community service projects aimed at the external community. Wow. This is quite complicated. I mean, this it's, is a, it's a big thing. This yeah. is like an entire school inside of a school. I mean, it's amazing. And and again, we're going to get to it in a second. Well, how, we tried it and it didn't work. Well, there's there's a way to do this, and it's not necessarily something you can just do on the fly. You got to really think about it. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a break and come back because I want to hear uh, more about you know lots of questions, um, including you know what's the process for training the leadership, uh, what involvement does the faculty have, and I'm going to ask you when we come back. Really, what if you could go back in your time machine to when you first arrived and knowing now what you know about house, there's probably a lot of things that you would do differently. So I want to kind of, cause I think that wisdom is what a lot of folks are curious mm, about right now. Yeah, so, absolutely. All right. We'll be right back with Jordan Tucker. Thanks. Hi, I'm Brad Leyland, CEO of the focus group. Our mission is to advance the kingdom of God by building trusting relationships with our clients and providing them with expertise and guidance to accelerate the funding of their vision. Effectively, we want to see God make all things new through the work of our clients. Over the past decade, we've partnered with dozens of classical Christian schools in helping them build new buildings, renovate old buildings, and do far more than they ever dreamed or imagined. We are honored to play a role in the growth of this very important movement. If your school is ready to go to the next level, we'd love to talk with you. For more information, please visit us at thefocusgroup.com backslash classical. Welcome back here. Jordan, there is so much to talk about. We're just recognizing that the house program is, is such a powerful cultural shaping force and it has to be done right, and it's a it's a huge commitment. I'm, first of all, I'm just curious. I mean, in your teaching load, because you're back in the classroom teaching as well. I mean, actually, are, no, you're not. You're not. You're no. fully okay. Uh, the role that I'm currently in is called Dean of Student Culture. Okay, and so I am exclusively dedicated to this piece, okay. and then how it integrates with. Well, the entire would, Ambrose system. Yeah, and that was going to be my question because I think as people are listening, like, uh, yeah, our overcooked full-time teacher to tack this on. And I think that's part of the basic problem. This is something so monumental. So your percentage of your day thinking about house is what percentage? I mean, with, well, with regard to your Ambrose duties. That's and, a great question. Um, when when we think of education here, we cannot separate Right. House from it. So really when we're thinking anything, house is always a part of the thought process. Right. I guess the better question is like just in terms of people listening, like 
I mean, you're basically a full-time staff member thinking about executing house well, along mm-hmm. with some other duties, it sounds like. So it's just like, what percentage, if I'm writing your contract up, house is equal equal to how many, what percentage of your obligations as an employee? I mean, it's a lot. It's, I mean, it's, it includes, it would be everything. Okay. It, I mean, it, right. it, the way that we have um, envisioned house and the way that we see it fitting within yeah. the school is, um, it. It's incorporated yeah. in, in every bullet point of my job description. Yeah. And, and I want, and, you know, maybe we should have made this point from the beginning because as people are listening, their first thought is like, how on earth is all that going to happen on top of all the other things? And I know a lot of our schools are smaller and you got to kind of walk before you run. But when you get to the place where you can run, number one, this is of such utter importance in your school. It's worth having somebody who wakes up in the morning, this is all they're thinking about. It. I, I don't, if you are claiming um, or if you envision, house to be the mechanism of cultural change <laughs> it's going to integrate with everything that you do right the class it's, it's the organ i mean it's the organic extension of the classroom and thus i'm constantly working with upper school faculty grammar school faculty i partner very closely with our grammar school dean our upper school dean our academic dean yeah so it's 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 touching everything well and i think it's again part of just the evolution of our classical christian schools because i think the mindset is that this is kind of that you know you know, whatever, uh, lesser demanding aspect of our, of our, even though we claim cultural shaping, I mean, but we're going to go by, go by, go, go hire a full-time athletic director and probably a full-time maybe drama teacher eventually. And it's like, where does house? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, without going, as we get back to the Mm -hmm. other topic, but I mean, this is a important, uh, very important investment in your school. That's worth taking the time and money as it is for you to be in this role. I think it is. And I, and I think the reason why is because students, uh, the children of believers, the parents who are entrusting us with their kids, they, uh, this educational model is not just academic. There needs to be a space where when they are receiving truth, goodness, and beauty in the classroom, they're learning how to assume ownership over that and begin to build it into their lives. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what we're doing in house is, is that the translation of the classroom into life or from knowledge to wisdom to put it that way. And so it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, it's completely counter to the the entire, the way the world works because school is reading, writing, arithmetic in this room for 50 minutes and the rest of it's just kind of filler we are almost inverted. I mean, the classroom's important, of course, but this is the lifeblood of a classical Christian school if done right. It, it can be, yeah. I, I think equally, I think the classroom, the classroom is... Yeah, I don't want to minimize a classroom. Right, it's is, is absolutely it's, essential. Right, right. But what we're, but what we're trying to do is um, teach students how to be culture shapers so that they are not shaped by culture. Right. Because if they're not thinking that right. way, they will be passive participants right. in the world they find them unbeknownst to them right. and be formed by it. And well, so this I, is... I, I, I Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot on the podcast yeah. about what I call the 301 problem, which is, again, mm-hmm. we control culture from 745 to 3 and then at 301, the phones light up and the average is 7 to 9 hours is what our you know, students... You know, of course, classical Christian, it's only three to four hours, but it's still a huge yeah. <laughs> battle for the affection. So, all right, well, let's get back just for a second, because there's lots of ground to cover here, but just sort of on the mechanics of of house and how it works. I mean, one of the questions is, talk a little bit about the role that faculty have. So if I'm, if I'm the, you know, logic teacher, what's my role? Am I going to be out there playing football? I mean, maybe, maybe not. What does that look like? Yes. Yeah, so each house has a house advisor. 
Okay. Uh, that just one. Um, multiple for us. Okay. I would given, think so. the, given the size of... And, and, and sorry, I'm going to interrupt myself on this. Again, we should have just framed this up. So Ambrose currently has how many students in the upper school that are in the house program so at large? we're in the house program at large is yeah. is right around 280. So very large. Okay. Yeah, we're, 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 eight, we're getting right? close to the 300 threshold. Yeah. So then you divide it by eight. And yeah. I've watched it when I got here, it was four. So you've doubled up. Correct. Number of houses. Okay. Which means, I can't do my math, that's about how many students in each? We have anywhere between 33 and, okay. and 39 students wow. in wow. each house, depending on how yeah. the the math works. Sure. And then you have how many faculty uh, that are a part Two of to four for each okay. house. Okay, okay. Um, and, and now including the grammar school faculty <laughs> that is connected with the house that's okay. fixed to their grade. okay. For that piece, so even more so, yeah. but that's more yeah. of a. And and then speaking of just again, kind of all of the moving parts to make this work. So the student leadership, it used to be a fairly intentional process. I'm sure it still is in terms of applications, interviews. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to become a student leader? Mm, that's good. Well, we have a a a student development structure in place where there's opportunities for students to demonstrate their commitment. Mm-hmm. to uh, to the vision that we've casted for house. And so that would be trying to get involved in our seventh grade mentorship program or in, and we haven't talked about this yet, but to get involved in our eighth grade consulship program, which is kind of a cultural ownership piece that we have. Um, so those are two ways to do it and to kind of formally demonstrate your commitment to it. Uh, other ways is to participate with the house leaders um, in and executing the ongoings of the house and, and making that known. Um, the, the process is actually quite formalized. We have a document to outline that. But when you're coming in, if you would like to be a house leader, you go through a formal application process. And that formal application process looks like um, uh, uh, filling out an application, um, answering particular questions. You also invite reflection by faculty, by all of the people who are around you and see you. And then you actually go through an interview process. Um, where wow. you're answering questions related to that and, and how we've crafted out what leadership looks like here. Wow. So when you so. apply to college, it's really easy after applying to be in the house program. I actually think it probably is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't get interviewed like no. that necessarily for college. And, and so, it's yeah. character. I mean, and, and yeah. it shapes you because there is a sense in which because you're being called to take ownership of culture now, we're we're yeah. asking you real questions. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Real questions. So, so um with regards to you know the 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 way in which house has sort of evolved over the many years, I mean maybe just kind of go back to if we had the the time machine and you could get in and go see yourself you know x years ago what was that like eight nine years ago uh, when you started this you've been in evolving house for quite some time. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you've learned that gosh, I wish I'd known that at the beginning that's good. It's very easy when you're when you're leading um, a program like House when you're dealing with a lot of students, particularly. Um, uh, it, it is very easy for it to drift into being the equivalent to like PE or sports, mm-hmm. and knowing how to build provisions in place to properly balance that in the larger system with the vision is something that I wish I would have had a greater. Mm. understanding for and knowing how to battle against that yeah. Um, yeah. early on because it happens kind of underneath your feet before you know it. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Um, uh, I I also think that I, 
I, I would have, I wish I could have had a completer or a more complete understanding of, of, of what it means to, to be a culture builder. Mm-hmm. Um, and why it's important and how that connects to the classroom and how to speak to it and have the language for it uh, because it influences everything. Yeah. So those are some, those are some. Yeah. I mean, in another way, maybe to come at that question, kind of coming at the other way around is, I mean, you've, because you are consulting schools and you are interfacing and you're seeing mm. maybe good, good examples and not so good examples. I mean, when, when a house program goes badly, what are some of the problems? And you mentioned, I'm sure, like, again, oh, it's just basically a beefed-up PE program. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what are the things that are, are, are situations schools find themselves in where they ultimately go, yeah, this thing isn't really what it was all cracked up to be in? A s- <laughs> student pushback. Okay. <laughs> Big time. The monkey's um, running the zoo. Yes. The, uh, uh, are being, our, our culture, a consumeristic culture is in love with entertainment. Mm-hmm. And we love thrilling things, and uh, I think we often this, this, there. There's a tendency for us, and I'm I'm guilty of this too, is that I have a hard time seeing work as something that's good, um, and so I'm always just kind of trying to do things to get to a point of leisure. And so I think there's this this natural pull of students wanting to do the fun thing, especially mm-hmm. in classical education settings where it's very rigorous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And so there is a there is a temptation to go. Well, house is the place where we just blow off steam. Blow off steam. Right. 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 And so that's a huge challenge. Um, another big challenge is you already have existent schedules and calendar calendaring uh, in place. And so to make the changes necessary for the system to be effective requires significant tectonic plate shifting Yeah, because it needs time. Yeah. And if it doesn't have time, it can't be right. something significant. Well, I think that, again, is based, you know, as we've already talked about, this, is, this can't just be a casual add-on. This needs to really become critical to your understanding of how you're, you're accomplishing this education. Yes. And so it's going to take time. It's going to take personnel. It's going to take financial aspects of, of cost to pull this off. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, there's a point where when I was teaching seventh grade for the first probably three years of, of working here, I was probably spending more time on house oh, sure than were. I was in seventh grade. <laughs> um, even though I had significantly few I guess, quote unquote hours in my contract dedicated to it. Yeah. Um, because yeah. of what it is and the nature of it. And so I do think there's also this point of strategically knowing where in the development of a house system you transition from doubling up on that role to putting someone over it. So it sounds like Um, maybe for some smaller schools listening, um, it may just be you need to hold until you've really got the right yeah, people until and, you get to the right place. Yeah, but but build it out. Schedule is why we talked about schedule earlier. And again, I know you've written. I should go ahead and mention. I mean, you've got a a fairly robust brochure book as, as such that you put together. Because yes. we're, I know all we're doing is stirring up questions right now. But uh, what, mention the book. Yeah. yeah. So so this year, uh, one of my goals and the objectives aligning to that was to build a house booklet of how we do it. And so as the year has been going on, I've been documenting. Um, uh, and building out lead documents for our entire house program. There's there's over 10 pages in it now that overviews the entire system, all of our divisions, all of the processes we use for all of the places that you'd have questions yeah. in our house <laughs> system. And, and so I'm almost done with that. I'm actually wrapping it up in time for the ACCS conference where I'll be able to 
Um, You're doing a workshop there. Uh, yeah, yeah, specifically a, a Leader's Day workshop there um, where I'll have that as the primary yeah. source of the content I'll be speaking off of and have it accessible. So, well, Before we go back to another break, what any other, as you've again traveled, um, things that wish I knew before um, that I would have done differently or just best practices that are things that weren't carried out well that you wish, you know, maybe – you would have known or our school would have known early yeah, on. Yeah. I and mean, this is, this is getting deep. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's really important, incredibly important to hire. So this isn't necessarily me, but I think it's something that, that, yeah. you, that you see across the, the CC, the CCE landscape is, is hiring with this vision of student culture in mind. Yeah. When you're actually looking at, faculty and teachers where they actually get that um the um you're not forming students to be brains on a stick right Mm -hmm. there's this element of translating the classroom into life that's very important and thinking through that that should be a an important piece yeah of of that which is something that yeah that we do now as well so that that's one piece uh one of the other pieces would be uh and this is something I, I see across the country quite a bit. Fortunately, we didn't have the foundation here. Um, we didn't have this this foundation here, but it's trying to do a house system in parallel with some other form of student government mm. where house systems are uh, this kind of familial piece, but then there's this parallel structure for student government. And oftentimes they just do not right. harmonize well. Right. Um, actually, I, I can't note one that, that I've... Yeah, usually there's problems. I can't even imagine so, having time in the school day to even try to do both. Right. You know? It just presents right. unique challenges, right. and so we've rolled them together. Yeah. Um, well, one final question before we get a break. I mean, you mentioned in, you know, in, this, in this segment talking about student buy-in, because I definitely – and that's just – that's the world we're in. So how mm-hmm. do you get buy-in? I, I'm assuming you've got an excellent process of onboarding leaders. The leaders then set the tone that younger ones follow the older ones. I mean, is that – Essentially, the it does the methodology. I, I think it's com- it's it's casting a compelling vision and believing that God has designed the world and His people, yeah, to to yeah. be a particular thing. I mean, that's yeah. what I rely on. So when I'm talking to our house leaders, I'm telling them God has designed you for this very purpose, and it, He has designed you to be kings and queens over the world and to exercise stewardship over it and build life out of it. Right. And so it's this compelling vision of seeing. Uh, you can you can you can chase all of these things in the world over here that may bring you happiness and might right. make you and actually temporarily or in the short term you might actually have an immediate return on that investment. Right. But ultimately, and I think, and a lot of the students have experienced this in one way or another is that those things are fleeting and they'll eventually hit right. a point where they go, oh, "There's got to be more to this." Yeah. And I really try to tap into that with them. And when they experience satisfying work or labor. They actually like it. Yeah. We had a fascinating thing happen this year that um, I thought the additional work that we gave them, this this Xenia or Xenia sphere that we're talking about is each house actually owns a an, an operational or let me put, owns a, an area of responsibility in our institution that they own that has real impact on the life of this place. And if they don't do their job, people know. Like the, there's, there's real, real room to succeed or fail in those spaces. So what does that look known. like? What's an example? That's good. So we have, um, uh, the easiest one to, to identify would be, uh, or for us, I'm trying to 
use not use Ambrose language here, so people yeah. can get a get a get a uh, a clear picture of it. So we have a, a house here that that oversees all of our special events, our upper school special events. So we have um, dances, we have uh, senior boys versus girls volleyball games, we have all sorts of special events. We have house Olympics that we're doing. We have all these things, and and a particular house is responsible for organizing them scheduling them, communicating them, getting all the other houses on board to do these things. And so um, if you miss that, students know. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows that this didn't happen. And actually, it's because that house didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, so we have that. Um, I, I could. There's a sheet that we yeah. have that goes over all of these. And it gets quite detailed. We bullet points yeah. all of the but it's, I mean, in terms of just base methodologies, you're, you're investing heavily in the leadership. I mean, you're taking them away at least, what, twice a year, kind of on a retreat just to cast vision, set the standards. Yes, twice. Um, yes, once at the beginning of the year when we have yeah. the retreat. And actually, we, we, there's actually stuff going on in the summer. So you talked about an onboarding checklist yeah. for new yeah. leaders that we do over the course of the last quarter of the school year. Yeah. Uh, those leadership teams also have summer checklists yeah. Yeah. that they're doing right now in preparation for the start of this next school yeah. year. And we have various meetings throughout the summer in preparation for what we're doing. Right. Um, and then, as you said, uh, we go through the school year. And as we're going through the school year, though, I should, I should note that every Wednesday, I also meet with a leadership team. We have yeah. a leadership elective that they're getting credit for. And we have a curriculum for that, that wow. we've designed, which will be a part of that yeah. Packet, yep. that, that that lead document thing that they're getting every Wednesday, and there's three tracks to that curriculum that we follow. Um, but then later on in the year, uh, we do take a retreat with the leaders, and we reflect back on the yeah. year. We perform multiple workshops and make improvements <laughs> and discuss changes. And I think people's eyes are glazing over, like, mm-hmm. "Oh my goodness, this is a lot." But again, you know, with with uh, anything, it takes a lot of a lot of work, but. Again, kind of, we'll go to here, go to a break here. But I think you're, I mean, what I'm hearing is you're, you're cast to, to get the student buy-in. You're casting such a lofty vision, and you know, it's you hear this at all of our open house talks. Like our students are capable of so much more than we ask or believe. So we so got to give it to them. So let's actually give them something. Let's actually give it to them. Let's let's <laughs> let's let them let's, own it too. Right. Yeah. So like built into the very heartbeat of of this vision. So if if you were to speak to one of the house leaders and go, hey, how does Mr. Tucker? Yeah. To describe what this thing is. They'd say, well, he's always talking about how we're called as human beings to exercise wise dominion yeah. over the world. And essential to that is learning how to take responsibility. Right. Yeah. And so at the heart of this program is giving students real responsibility, well, yeah. a measured amount. And the way that I function is, is if the Titanic is going to hit the iceberg, I'll step in. Yep. But if it's not, <laughs> we, we, we learn to step back right. and right. work through... Right, those things. Well, and that's uh, that's probably the hardest part, especially as classical Christian types, both parents and educators. We like to control, we like to prescribe, and it's very difficult to let adolescents uh, make mistakes. It makes a lot more work, but it does. It is, but it's it's worth it because that right there is the basis of mentorship or discipleship. Yeah, exactly. Is in those spaces. All right. Well, let's take a quick break, Jordan. We'll be right back, and I'm going to jump into some kind of frequently asked questions and see what you have to say. He's worked with families for more than 30 years as a licensed professional counselor and marriage family therapist. It's time for a quick encouragement on the best practices of raising the next generation. We call it a McCurdy moment. 
So Keith, as you interact with parents around the country and speaking and engagement opportunities, do you find parents push back at, at this idea of, hey, let your kids do more, get out of their way, quit over-parenting? Is that a, is that, does that meet resistance? You know, it's, it's not really pushback. It's more like fear and anguish <laughs> on their faces because the reality is one of the toughest things as parents is to step back and give our children more responsibility for the simple reality that it always takes longer and it's messier. You know, it's, it's, I would just rather pour that milk because I know if Johnny pours the milk, you know, only half of it's going to be in the glass and then it's on the floor and we got to deal with all that. And what I tell parents is, you know, this is really where we understand true leadership. You know, parental leadership is, has two key characteristics. One is it's ordained. It's the job given to us by God. But the second is it's sacrificial. And the sacrifice in leadership is understanding that who we lead, that's who we're trying to benefit. You know, we're trying to benefit those we lead. And to do that, our sacrifice is putting up with the painful process of it taking longer and being messier for them to master skills in life. And so it, it is It is a common frustration. We've all been through it. Uh, and yet that's the pushback I get. It's not that people disagree. It's like, oh no, they get it. This is exactly what we need to be doing. But oh my goodness, right. it's gonna be messier. It's gonna take twice as long. We're gonna be late everywhere. But until we turn that over to our kids, it will never improve. Yeah. And it's I mean, as a universal principle, I mean, in the workplace, if you don't delegate a few things, you end up doing everything and that's not what you want either, so. Right. Empowering others is part of that process, as certainly as parents. That's a great word, Keith. Thank you so much. Got a question for Keith to answer on a future McCurdy moment? Well, send it to us at info at basecamplive.com and learn more about Keith McCurdy on the speaking page on the Basecamp Live website. So Jordan is a is a parent now. Actually, my my youngest just graduated last week, so I'm officially out of the K-12 business, which I'm still coming to terms with. Although more committed than ever to it, because I actually see three of my own kids incredibly um, blessed because of this education. Um, and I think about my my middle son Liam, uh, starry eyed seventh grader, first time stepping into the into the you know middle upper school world, and went off on the house retreat, and uh, was paired up with an older uh, older student, Jonah, who became a steadfast friend, would come have pizza with him. I mean, this is, this doesn't happen. I mean, I think parents, maybe we forget, this is not normal. Um, most kids are lucky if, if, or blessed if the kid one age up, one grade ahead even notices them, much less an 11th or 12th grader coming down to have uh, lunch with you or encourage you. What is, you know, wh- what are some of your stories? I mean, I see it as a parent. What have you seen? You get such an interesting vantage point of just mm-hmm. where are these lives being touched? It's it's easy to take for granted just kind of the the normal the normalcy of just the system that we're in or the the culture that we have yeah. because it's it's not uncommon to hear about um, a young eighth grade boy who's struggling with math and find out that a, a member of his house heard about it said, hey, let's go get coffee, walked him through, hey, here's what I struggled with, hey, let me help you with this, I'll, I'll be someone you can lean on, um, or hearing uh, or, or seeing, I saw it this year, where there's a group of young boys who said, we're going to make sure none of our sisters in Christ are left out at a dance, and make sure that we're keeping an eye out and upholding the rules, and making sure wow. everyone's included, right, and that we're 
that we're sacrificing, we're, we're sacrificing right yeah. for, for them to feel loved because they are loved and to do those sorts of things. Well, it, yeah, there's, and, and there's again, many more, there's but, so many of these and this is yeah. the whole, isn't this what we want? And again, I think as we've talked about here in, in, in this conversation, I mean, as, as leadership of schools, there's a risk in giving over control, you know, they're going to make a mistake. You talked, you mentioned, they will, of, they will. And, and I think, I mean, it's parenting one-on-one. You've got to, especially get older, cut some, you know, give them some lead there to get out and try these things. They're not going to, it won't be catastrophic. You talked about, you know, if it, you're not going to sink the Titanic there, you're going to keep an eye on things. But, uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, it just comes to mind, I mean, just some of the questions people may be asking. I mean, I, you know, not every kid is wired the same. What do you do during the uh, typical house sports time when you have a kid that's not a sports person? I mean, are they wallflowering it? Mm-hmm. Do they have an alternative track? What does that look like? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Um, we try to balance sports with other things. So so our, our sports schedule or our tournament schedule is, um, uh, is roughly half of our house days now, and the other half of those house days are designed for planning projects for community service, um, planning projects with their grammar school grades, uh, um, executing on other events that we have. If it would be planning for our senior night for boys basketball or if it's a um, uh, uh, or if or if it's an upcoming dance and a house is participating in a proposal competition to, to take it over, there's lots of other ways to get to get plugged in and to take ownership of, of the culture. And so we, we allow, right. Those things to live in parallel where if someone doesn't want to be outside on sport events, we'll make a good case to be involved in a way that's bringing life out of this community yeah. and we'll help you do it. Cause it seems like, again, you're, mm-hmm. you're trading in a currency, if you will, that is, powerful and effective. And if it cuts the wrong way, it could be very damaging or detrimental. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's, I think of that where, especially in our good American competitive spirit, it's like, you know, all of the varsity basketball, basketball players show up, you know, during the house sports and just tear it up and dominate it. Mm -hmm. And all the kids that are, I mean, there's obviously, there's gotta be some, again, awareness of, of who's, who's engaged and who's not. And again, you don't want it to cut the wrong way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is there, I mean, what do you have kids that are just? This is not a um, an option. You can't skip out house time. Mm-mm, okay, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. But maybe mm-hmm. that was again along the journey. There were times where it felt more like, oh, we're gonna. It's recess. We're gonna play ultimate frisbee over here if you want to play. Otherwise, go do something else. I mean, yes. Okay, and that. I mean, it's still something that we face. So yeah. we, I mean, there, it's still a challenge. And how do we um, create um, meaningful opportunities yeah. and call students into those? Is 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 the big thing. And I, and I think it, it all goes back again to that compelling vision, Yeah, which is, is if there's a student who's going, I don't under like I, this thing, this thing now, uh, like sports, I don't get it. It's, it's to cast that vision of what it means to be truly human. Yeah. Right. To be made in the image of God and then going, Hey, this whole system is about you taking cultural ownership. So where do you want to press in yeah. and then guide them to do that? Well, where they're yeah. infusing truth, goodness, and beauty into, right. the, societal structure of this place and, and help them carve those out and pursue them. So we so. talked, we talked earlier about just if you don't have enough time in your schedule, you don't have enough resources for staff. There's a point maybe to hit hold until you're ready to launch. What's kind of the smallest size school you've seen successfully pull off house in terms of numbers and structure. That's a good question. 
I've actually seen it done with a small house of like six kids. Um, and, and I think six it's total, like six three total kids. <laughs> well, like one house with six oh, okay. kids as it's right. launching into, as it's breaking into yeah. seventh grade or eighth grade. And it's because this idea of, and, 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 and it depends on the vision that you have for house. But if, if you kind of have a familial vision of house where it's students learning how to look at this space and go, Hey, I get to take responsibility here and start yeah. taking ownership of this. There's a way to do it at multiple different levels. It's just how you construct the vision and then build right. the pieces out. So you can do it, but it has everything has to be congruent with each right. other. Well, so and I think again, disjointed. understanding the deeper objectives that it's not just intramural sports, mm-hmm. and we got to wait till we can have. 24, so we can have two teams of 12, and then we can actually start the yeah, house. Yeah, that would that's, be, that's not be the, the way, tail wagging the, the dog. Tail. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah the Which is easy to fall into, though, because there are pressures in those directions. That's right. That's so. right. Especially if you don't have, and that's probably to your point of you know smaller schools that you know don't have the resources and infrastructure for a full athletic program. This becomes kind of surrogate athletic program, but it's really house program. So decide which one it really is. Mm, functional PE program. Right, exactly. Like that, right? Yeah, it gets yeah. confusing. So by way of concluding, concluding what just kind of general words of encouragement, a lot of educators listening as a fellow educator, what would you say with regard to house program? Oh man. <laughs> um, I think it can amplify what you're doing. Mm. I think that, that if, if you are committed to a paideia model, right? This idea of forming students for Christ, their heart, their minds, and their habits. Uh, this'll, this is a way to send kids out knowing how to go into any, any sphere of the world and look at it and take it captive for Christ because they're thinking about it. Yeah. And so give them the opportunity or figure out how to do it or contact me and figure out how to inject your, your community with, with a with a way to give students responsibility and, and assume cultural ownership and and I think the long term benefits of it are going to be very fruitful for for us as Christians. Yeah, I mean, as you're um, saying that, I'm just imagining. I mean, how many uh, just ebbs and flows of a day in the life of a house student equals what real world experiences from you know from the obvious you know organizing and public speaking, communicating and and conflict management. I mean, it's, it's everything. I mean, you're getting every aspect of the way humans interact in the house program for the most part. Yeah. Abs- I mean, if you, to, to say it this way, since we've opened up the entire landscape of our school for house, it's fully integrated. Uh, they're engaging in political spheres because we have our house leadership applications, Yeah. right? There's a, there's an actual government structure in the houses that they're like all students. So there's a political element to it. Um, houses all have budgets that they're managing and allocating expenses and moving funds around on their own based on their vision. So there's an economic function to this. And then you have the social component where there's sports, there's dances, there's etiquette classes, there's uh, social grace classes, there's uh, setting up and tearing down from exordium and everything in between. That's unbelievable. So it's yeah. they are experiencing the fullness of kind of cultural... Yeah. And I should I should mention uh, too. I know like the Ambrose Bridge program, which is basically our hybrid collaborative school. Mm-hmm. They have a house program, so they do. That's another way. There are other settings in which this works perfectly well. Yeah, there's ways to adapt it for yeah. sure. So, final question: I ask about educators, teachers, a lot of parents listening. Just what words of encouragement do you have for parents? Mm. Oh. 
Particularly with regard to the house program yeah, or just in it, general? Well, I think just in, well, it's probably, <laughs> we'll do that one for another podcast, the general, because I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts there as a parent too. But mm. no, just with regard to house, because I think, again, parents are usually the last ones to really understand these things. And it's sort of, you know, yeah. 10, 10, 10 comments later that gets home that, yeah, I'm in this house and I've got this thing going on. I mean, I yes. just. I think the encouragement is, um, is to see if house is done well, it can, it's, it's a natural extension of the classroom mm-hmm. we're, we're I've, I've hit this multiple times, but, but the idea is not for a young boy or young girl to become a brain on a stick and just think, well, it's, it's to yeah. live well. Yeah. And, and house is the space where that happens and they get to learn how to be a human and to take responsibility for, for their faith and stand up for what's true and right and good and experience all of that. And it's messy, but it's good. Yeah. And it's in a Christian context where they have mentors <laughs> and teachers and, and, and all of them helping to guide and direct that. And so yeah. the hope of that is, is, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. well, and I think that's and very practically, and just with my parent hat on, I can think of times if you don't understand really what it is a parent and you find out that, your child is expected to go down to the rescue mission thing on Saturday. It's like, okay, what is this again? I've already driven you five other times this week, and why do we have to go down there? And so if you don't get it, it might just feel like you know a, a casual option or a distraction even. And so, probably yeah. rightly so. I mean, right. to go like, right. what is this? How does this right. fit into this thing? That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. That's not classical. That's not Latin. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. Um, it's it's something that 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 I'm working on too as well is is casting this vision yeah. in terms of parent education as well and going, Hey, like this is what this is. Right. And so all of the bad things that you're experiencing, like the negative <laughs> things that you're hearing about it, like it might actually be a feature of this thing that is actually aimed at a good thing. Right. Right. Um, and it's built into, to contain some of those struggles. Yeah. Right. And it's, and it's messy. Cause again, you're putting kids in leadership and mm-hmm. there's going to be points at which you don't always understand it. But again, if you're parent, I just can't encourage you enough. If your school is doing house, then lean in, encourage it, support it. And Jordan, thanks for, again, we're, we're really at time, but if people want to know more, I'm, I'm sure there's 10 more questions we could get mm-hmm. into, but just you've written this booklet, this information, people might want to get in touch with you and you do some consulting. What's the best way? Yeah. So emailing me at just Jordan Tucker at the org will be okay. the easiest way. Um, I do get a lot of inquiries though. So don't so expect a 24-hour response. 24 response or if I <laughs> or if I lose or if I don't respond, push back, yeah. circle back to me and go, "Hey, I emailed well, you." <laughs> and if the and if all else fails, just info at Basecamp Live as always, let me know uh, any questions, I'll forward yeah. them into, into you, Jordan. So yeah, there's, try there's that too. Yeah. A few other things that, that we could do as well if there's an immediate need or you're curious. Um uh, I'll I'll be doing a session at the ACCS conference this summer in the Great. next few weeks actually. Yeah. Yep. Um it's it's for the leadership phase of the conference, so it's primarily aimed at educators or at administrators. But it's it will be going over. Our, it's a it'll be a prescriptive or sorry, not a prescriptive, a descriptive overview of our house system. Yeah, going through all of the parts, so that's available. And then at the end of the summer, um, we'll be hosting or I'll be hosting a house seminar here that goes two days. Where we'll be looking at our system and discussing um, how to. Uh, build it in your context and according to the size that you're at and where you are developmentally Fantastic. in the process of the school. Yeah. And so. Wow. Such yeah. important work. Jordan, thank you for your, all of your investment in the next generation. Ah, we really thank appreciate you. it. I'm glad. I'm so glad to be back. And it's good to have you back. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hey, Basecamp Live listeners, this is Hannah, Davy's daughter here. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I can confidently say that my kindergarten through college classical Christian education has become a critical part of my life. It formed and trained me to be a strong leader, to love God. And now as a married young adult, it's really created a foundation for me to go out into the world, a world that's getting crazier by the day. So thank you for listening to this podcast. It's absolutely critical what's being discussed here. If you could take a moment and send an email to info at basecamplive.com, let us know where you're from, where you're listening, what's on your mind. We're so grateful that you're part of this Basecamp Live community. Thank you for being here. Please do tell a friend and give a five-star rating on your podcast listening platform. Thank you so much. See you next time.